Welcome back to Tending to Momcast. I'm your host, Sheena, out here in Greensboro, North Carolina. We are a week off of Father's Day. We're going into episode two of our fourth season. How incredible is that? Um, we brought back Black Men Matter. Um, my Black men were not finished saying what they had to say. <laughs> we had more topics to cover. We had more ground to cover. Um, we learned a lot over COVID and the pandemic. And life has changed for a lot of us, and especially for the guys. So um, I, again, wanted to open it up and let's talk through some of the hard conversations. Um, I know last season we talked through community building um, in several different um, aspects. We talked about sports. We talked about COVID. We talked about fatherhood. We talked about therapy. And this season we're hitting some really hard topics. We opened it up again talking about fatherhood. Last week we got to hear um, from my dad. How cool was that? (laughs) That we got to hear from my dad about his upbringing and his view on fatherhood. And this week we are coming back with another one of my favorite guests. Last season, Cliff joined us to talk about community. Cliff is all about making a way for the people in his community, the people who grew up like he did, the people who are in that same um, area and impacted by the same things. So he works and he's gotten a new um, passion. So we are so excited to talk to Cliff today about his passion. I don't want to spoil it necessarily. So you just keep listening. topic right now in the United States is gun violence. We've seen an uptick in mass shootings in the U.S. as well as shootings in public places. But we are constantly inundated with media coverage on incidents that happen in schools and work temples and or workplaces, excuse me, and temples and public places like your grocery store or even the nightclubs. But one thing we don't hear a lot about is intercommunity violence outside of when we say Black-on-Black crime. We'll cover Black-on-Black crime in another topic. But today, we're speaking specifically about the things that cause um, gun violence in the Black community. Of course, we your brain obviously says Black-on-Black crime, but we're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about the lack of education. We're talking about the lack of, um, excuse me, compassion. We're talking about the lack of knowledge, the lack of resources that people have to learn and to educate themselves on the Second Amendment and on weapons, firearms, guns. So we know that proximity, so like, you know, be you being around other Black people kind of increases your risk to be hurt by someone in your own community. We're not saying that Black people are more prone to hurt other people. We're just saying that you are more likely to be um, assaulted or murdered by someone that you already know or someone in your community. Um, It's very random to um, be killed by a stranger. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but one thing we see in the Black community, especially women, is um, intimate partner violence. So when we have the conversation about gun violence, um, intimate partner violence is the number one murderer for Black women or number one cause of death, excuse me, for black women. Um, It's not a medical thing. It's not, you know, a lack of a resource other than safety and protection from um, our intimate partners. So that is also why that this particular topic is kind of special to me because I have been 
in situations of intimate partner violence and I have seen it and I've witnessed it and we all have heard the stories and you know someone who has been killed by their spouse or their boyfriend or or someone that they were formerly with. So it's definitely a topic I want to cover um, but I didn't want to take up obviously the, the men's <laughs> season talking about intimate partner violence that would cast them in a negative light but more I'm trying to understand that as a factor or trying to understand what some of the factors are that lead to um, weapon accessibility, lack of knowledge, um, lack of education, and lack of resources for our Black people in the community as it regards to firearms and weapons. So I'm really glad that Cliff has um, been able to join us and talk through some of the amazing resources and things that he is learning and sharing those with his community. Stay tuned. We are so excited to welcome back Cliff. If you remember, we talked with Cliff last season in Cliff's community. We talked all about the importance of supporting your community at the grassroots level and how to stay plugged into support. How have things been since we last spoke? These have been awesome. I can't complain at all. Slowly but surely getting out of the pandemic, but still in the pandemic. So it's like a hokey pokey thing. Right. And um, I've actually picked up a new hobby and I wouldn't call it new, but I've been more passionate and putting more effort into it. And it has to deal with firearms and changing the narrative of what it looks like to see a black man with a firearm. I love it. I know, um, you know, guns are the, all the talk right now. I mean, you look in the news, there's always a mass shooting here, mass shooting there. Um, but one conversation I think that kind of gets swept under the rug, um, it, you know, in the light that it probably should be like inter-community violence, weak violence. Um, some people call it black on black crime, but I think that's just kind of cover up or something easy to say a scapegoat. But there are so many layers to what crime looks like inside of your own community. So definitely um, interested in and can't wait to hear more about um, the things that you are, have been doing. So where where is it at? Like what? What kind of things have you been up to? So currently I, I started an Instagram page called ClickPop2A. And on that page, we share tips, no tricks, and responsible firearm ownership. My main goal is just to educate my community and just display responsible training. My motto is called APT. And we call that awareness, preparation, and training. With those things, we like to always be aware of our surroundings. We call that situational awareness. And then preparation is just preparing yourself, not only for going outside, but preparing yourself before you leave the home so you're not rushing. You are also aware of what's going on. And in that way, you cut down on some of the you know, injuries, accidents that happen. And then also training, training with the firearm, training your mind, training your body just training yourself to be ready for the day and actually training and getting work with your everyday carry, whether that be a, um, a nine millimeter, whether that be a knife, you should have some type of training with that weapon or firearm to give yourself an opportunity to succeed if the situation arises. Absolutely. Practice makes, they say practice doesn't make perfect, and I don't believe that either, but practice definitely makes precision. So mm -hmm. I'm getting accustomed mm -hmm. to using it 
uh, you know, training it over and over more humanly. So that is definitely um, important. So outside of the um, handling of the weapon and personal training, um, I know uh, another thing that is kind of in the courts right now is um, some stuff with 2A or uh, you know, 2A stands for <laughs> Second Amendment, Amendment. But can you tell us a little bit about um, some of the more um, on the law side or rights and responsibilities as it comes to owning a firearm? Well, it's, it's, that's another great question. Thank you for asking. Um, people have to understand their constitutional rights. They have to know exactly what is legal and what is illegal. And I think in our community, you know, with firearms, it didn't start off to where we were able to legally own firearms within the Constitution. So therefore, it kind of put us behind the eight ball. It gave us a, a bad stigma about what it looks like to own a firearm. And usually that stigma comes with, if you see a black man with a firearm, the first thing you think of is he is a criminal. And then if you go back to when you were a kid, when you were actually playing with a toy gun, the games you were playing were cops and robbers. You know, either you were the cop or you were the robber. Right. And the robber was more than likely possessing an illegal firearm. So the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to possess a firearm. And it gives you the freedom to protect yourself if a situation arises. Now, each state has their own set of laws when it comes to obtaining a firearm. And as long as you are within those guidelines and above the age and mentally in your right mind, you are able to legally possess a firearm in many of the states. And in certain states, like the state I am in Georgia, it gives you reciprocity, meaning that if you have a concealed carry license in the state of Georgia, I can go to several states with that concealed carry license and they will honor my rights in that particular state as well. So it's just very important for us to be legal and up, up on the laws to understand what you are doing in this place may be different from that place and know the laws when you have a firearm. So you can be a responsible firearm owner. Thanks so much for explaining that. I don't know if a lot of people know about reciprocity um, or even, you know, some of the rights that they have in the Second Amendment. And so we covered, you know, like how to do physical training and then learning more about your local laws. Um, what other, are there other places or other things that we need to know, especially maybe on the more of the side of firearms? I know we see um, like right now um, for eight, for young men uh, ages 14 and 19, um, gun violence is the leading cause of death and even in children um, from 14 to 19 just overall the number one basically the number one killer of children is firearms mm -hmm. um, so if we can um, you know I think some of it comes from a lack of education and then obviously mm -hmm. you know gun violence or gang violence and you know broken homes and everyone has a, a reason you know that feeds into why you know so much gun violence but when we think about firearms and education, what's something that even most adults, you know, because unless you kind of go out and look for training, it's not really coming across your life very much unless you run across, you know, a page like yourself 
on Instagram. So what are some common things in the people that you work with or people that come to ClickTalk 2A? What kind of questions are they asking or, or what kind of misconceptions do they have about firearms and how do you help clear that up? That's, a, that's another great question. A lot of misconceptions that are being asked are, is this firearm for a woman or is this firearm for a man? There are no masculine or feminine firearms, first and foremost. Secondly, if you are going to obtain a firearm, you should prepare yourself to have that firearm. So that means you should have a proper holster for that firearm. You should have a proper place to store that firearm. And if you live with someone else in the household, they also should understand what that firearm is. I like to tell people when I do talk to them, I, I bring this up. You don't lock up your kitchen knives. You don't lock up the chainsaw. You don't lock up the screwdriver. And all of these tools may cause bodily harm if used in an incorrect manner. But because we educate our children on this is a knife and this is sharp, then they understand that they should not go into the drawer unless they are using this knife to maybe cut some butter, to maybe cut up a steak. The same goes with the chainsaw. They know they're not supposed to use the chainsaw because it is meant for adult usage. But we educate the children on what these things are and we neglect to tell the children what a firearm is used for and how to properly use it, how to properly store it. So therefore, most of the time, the kids learn from their peers on what a firearm is. And when they are learning from their peers, they are learning from someone who is an illegal gun owner. And with that illegal gun owner becomes bad habits when you're dealing with a firearm. So with those bad habits, those habits are tend to be passed down from generation to generation. And it, it forms a negative stigma from community to community, from, from the top to the bottom. So now you have a generation of firearm owners who are illegal owners, have illegal ownership, and do not have the proper training proper responsibility on how to handle this firearm. So now you're just creating a circle of bad behavior when it comes to firearm. My initiative is to educate, to bring to the forefront of what a firearm is, how to properly use it, where to store this particular firearm, and also have conversations in the home first and foremost Therefore, outside entities are not teaching your children what a firearm is. Instead, they are getting this knowledge inside the home, and now they feel comfortable, and they are not curious to where they are picking the firearm up and resulting in the worst-case scenario being death or injury. Absolutely. It definitely starts in the home. I know, you know, as parents, we do the birds and the bees conversations. We tell you, you know, be careful when you go do this or, you know, don't sit with your back to the door. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there's so many other times that we implement, you know, safety awareness and situational awareness into our children. But very, like, very seldom do we engage them when we talk about firearms or 
um, weapons, especially outside of conversations on school shootings, because um, my seven-year-old definitely knows what an active shooter response is. He she's shown it to me several times. <laughs> he sought me out to you know to react to a, an active shooter in the way that he knows how. So it's not that the children can't have the conversations because they're smart and they see guns on TV. They see guns just like we said. We played cops and robbers as kids, but we never. It was always that you know a good versus bad. The got the the good person with the gun was the cop, and the bad person with the gun was the robber. But it's never like the normal person with the gun. <laughs> like we never you know experienced that. It's always some um, weighted scenario and in, in way where we're exposed to guns and have the conversations with the kids about guns. It's always you know a reactive way. We don't necessarily hear it Definitely more commonly very, and being proactive about having very. the conversation. Definitely, it's very reactive, especially in the in the black community. I see a lot of people right now, and I hate to say it, but it's kind of like taking advantage of certain situations after the fact that they show up and provide, you know, consolement to families when these families needed this education beforehand. People like to say that ignorance and is bliss. But with firearms, ignorance can be death. Ignorance can be serious injuries. So we have to do a better job of being proactive instead of reactive, especially when it comes to educating our youth, even some of the adults on what a firearm is, how to properly store it, hold, stance, fire, when to fire, knowing your laws, knowing the rules and regulations when it comes to defending yourself and being able to teach so that we are feel comfortable being around firearms and being around other people who have firearms. Gotcha. That, it is definitely important to make it a community effort. Um, just like I think about the, you know, if I think about you know, how kind of things spread, grief kind of spread, violence kind of spread, you, you know, you throw one piece of trash down a neighborhood and it's not so noticeable, but then somebody's like, oh, they be trashing in a neighborhood, I'm gonna throw mine too. So you, then you throw another piece of trash and then you look up and the whole neighborhood is trashed. So I think it's kind of like that, especially um, in some of like the more grief scenarios, you have one mother whose son was killed by gun violence and then you have another whose daughter and it continues to build and now you have this entire community grieving, you know, like collectively over a problem that, could be one person being educated versus um, having to take the toll on the whole community kind of starts with one. So that's very important. Um, you know, you're hitting the layers, you're hitting the parents, you're hitting the, the children as well. So I think that's, that's incredible because you can't do, you know, for the kids without doing it for the parents, obviously. Right. So in regards to ClickPop 2A, what type of, um, I know you said you had the social media page and you training, you have tips and things, but what type of offerings do you have? Do you do anything outside of um, Instagram content? Yes, well, I, I started a YouTube page. I haven't put my first video up. We actually just shot the first video yesterday, so it is actually in edit mode right now, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to just gain my feet on YouTube, and I've mm -hmm. also been doing some one-on-one -on -one training, what I call Pistol One-on-One. In Pistol okay. 101, we introduce you to what a pistol actually is. You go from the parts of the pistol to actually loading your firearm and unloading the firearm, getting comfortable putting the ammunition in, 
learning what the ammunition is. I've seen a lot of people not know what caliber to put in their firearm. So wow. just giving you the proper terms and techniques, you know, during the pandemic, we had the most black women get firearms in, in U.S. history, you know, coupled by the most black people, period, get firearms. So it's more black people who legally own firearms than any time period that has ever been in the United States. So with that comes a huge responsibility. And that responsibility starts with you. You have to go out and seek the training, seek the knowledge, so you can understand how to properly operate that firearm. So if a situation does arise, you are able to protect yourself. The one thing I would, I would hate to see is that you have a firearm and you do not know how to operate that firearm and then you pull that firearm out and you are harmed with your own firearm. So my goal and my, my, my big initiative is to educate and also bring the awareness to the community that firearms are here. Whether you have them or not, you are likely to be involved or know someone involved in a shooting. So with that said, we need to educate and understand that it's not the firearm, it's the person with the firearm. So we have to teach, we have to educate, and we have to eradicate ignorance in our community when it comes to firearm ownership and behavior. I appreciate you saying that, that it's not the firearm, it's the person with the firearm. I mean, I know like lots of conversations right now in the news about, you know, um, stricter laws and regulations, which I think are, you know, some are valuable. But um, when we think of the, um, just the awareness, like you said, it is, uh, that's a huge, huge part of it. It definitely is. And then, you know, one thing about our community, it's kind of taboo for us to be talking to our elders about firearms. Our grandmothers, our uncles, our aunties, even, even some of our parents, they really basically distance us away from the firearm. They didn't give us an opportunity to learn what a firearm was in the home. And that was because of fear that things would happen. And also it was fear about how they was raised and how they was looked upon in society. We know as you know, black men and women that we are already a target in society. So allowing your son or your daughter to have a firearm would increase the chances of them being harmed maybe by police or some other entity out in the community. So it's understandable why we are reluctant to carry, why we are reluctant, reluctant to teach, and why we are reluctant to learn about what a firearm is because of some of the situations that we have faced when we were legal and when we were out and about in our communities with the firearms. If you just look back and take the Black Panthers, for instance, this was a group who did cop watching. And if you don't know what cop watching is, it is a group of armed men in their community, legally armed, protecting its citizens, protecting its community from crooked cops looking to take advantage of them simply because they have a badge. The Black Panthers 
had legal firearms and were willing to take up arms to protect their community. Along came the NRA, who is supposed to be for gun rights for everyone. They took up with the government to try to remove arms from the Black Panthers in the 1967. And there came the Muffer Act, which restricted the Black Panthers from having firearms. So it's a lot that goes on in the history of firearms that has deterred us from being legal firearm ownerships, owners, and also the stigma about if you do have a firearm, people consider you as maybe like the police or, you know, they label you with certain things that revolve around law enforcement. And it, it sends a bad stigma or a bad feeling to you as a firearm owner. So therefore, a lot of people just don't own firearms. And we all have a right to protect ourselves. And you should exercise that right every single day. I definitely agree. I love that you found a new passion. Um, you still very community-based. Not much has changed. Definitely still a man of your community. Definitely still a man of education and keeping um, keeping folks straight. I love I love it. How can we find you? How do we get your tips and tricks? And and, and I don't want to call them tricks. We're not gonna call them tricks. But no tips and straight training tips, tricks and, and educated. So the best way to find me right now is through Instagram. You can follow my page at clickpop2a. That is C-L-I-C-K-P-O-P-2-A. You can DM me and ask me anything. If I know, I will answer. If I don't know, I will refer you to someone who does know and can at least get you in the ballpark of the right answer. And just check out some of the videos. I try to bring in training videos that you can do right in your home. And um, my biggest thing is I want to change the narrative of what it looks like to see a black man with a firearm. I don't want you to see a black man and think criminal first. I want you to look and see a black man who is responsible, who is protecting himself and his family, who is also educating his family, the children, his community on what a firearm is and the responsibilities that comes with owning a firearm. And that includes proper storage. That includes, it's a list of rules that you should, you should never point a firearm at anything you don't want to destroy before you pull the target. You should, before you shoot your firearm, you should know what the target is and what is beyond that target. You should also have trigger discipline. That means you will not, you do not have your finger on the trigger until you have identified your target and what is beyond that target. And just understanding that this firearm is a tool and you have to be mentally ready, mentally responsible to handle this tool and know exactly what you're doing because it, it is not a toy. It is a serious business when you become a firearm owner and you should treat it as such. Wise words from a wise man. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us back for season four. Um, I really, again, I really support and appreciate the work that you're doing in the 2A space to educate families in our community on something that is really hitting us hard right now. 
education is key. Um, I love the acronym apps that you have, awareness, preparation, and training. Um, I, those are, you know, top three. Those are even things that they teach you in the military. That's the same exact, not the same exact thing, but, you know, like the, that awareness, you know, how to do it. Practice makes precision over and over and over again. Clean your weapon over and over again. Know every mm-hmm. piece to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, know how to, like you said, how to wear it. Um, I know for myself, um, you know, I have kids, so I'm always concerned with, you know, how can I have it on me and wear it and it be effective and not, you know, show through my clothes or even, you know, be accessible to the kids, um, you know, because I'm always sending somebody from my back, from my purse, boy, <laughs> yeah, how to, how to make sure that they're safe in those kind of situations on a day-to-day basis. So when they see it, they don't, their first reaction isn't fear. It's, oh, this right. is what we learned about. And let me, you know, be this type of careful with it and make sure I do or don't do this. So. I'm definitely again appreciate the work that you're doing in our community. And I'm glad you you mentioned purse because that's one thing I believe we have to get away from. Because if if we look at the statistics, the first thing a criminal goes to grab is your purse. The first let me repeat that. The first thing a criminal looks to grab is your purse. And if you have your defense mechanism in your purse, that will put you in a bad position. So that comes with the acronym, like I said, APT, Awareness, Preparation, and Training, even as a person who is looking to get their gun, you have awareness. You are filling yourself out, understanding that, okay, something is going on, I need to protect myself. So you've made yourself aware. Now you need to prepare, preparing yourself and preparing your home and preparing the people in your home to accept a firearm. It's almost like when you get a pet, when you get a pet, you have to get the dog bowl, you have to get the water bowl, you have to get the leash, you have to get the dog bags, you have to get something that's going to clean the fur up. So you are preparing your home for that pet. You should prepare your home for that firearm. That means sitting down, having a conversation with whoever is in the home and making sure that they are above and responsible mentally before you even bring that firearm in the home. So that means having a lock box and that is, includes proper storage. And if you do fear carrying or you are worried about carrying and you are not sure, then grab a holster, go to the gun range, shoot several guns, see what you feel comfortable with, and grab a holster for that gun. You can wear that holster around without the firearm in the holster. So you can see what it feels like to actually have the holster in this particular place where you feel comfortable. And you can listen to a bunch of people, but always go with what feels comfortable for you. I'm going to repeat that. Always go with what feels comfortable for you. There's so much advice when it comes to firearm ownership, but when you are in a situation, you are the only one who is going to get you out of that situation. So you have to be comfortable and ready and have proper training so when that situation arises, that you can handle the situation and go home to your family. At the end of the day, we all have one thing in common. We want to leave home and come back 
to our families home. I love it. It makes me think of um, Private Powell from Full Metal Jacket. This is my rifle. This is my gun. There are many like it, mm-hmm. but this one is mine. Mm-hmm. So you have to definitely treat it in that same way. Um, that was a great example of what you said about the dog, like having the thing. Um, but, you know, like even your one dog might like this particular type of food. So it's like all the dogs don't have, you know, all dogs got dog food, but my dog likes mm-hmm. this dog food. So yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And even um, your comment about the purse, like now I'm thinking, oh, well, that does make sense. <laughs> so, but that's the benefit of Click Pop 2A is even for myself, someone who um, is familiar with guns, always learning, always educating, and even being a resource for um, not even just people who have, you know, a zero baseline of, of education, but people who are continuing to educate themselves um, who aren't, you know, day-to-day in the conversations or um, the industry of weapons and firearms. So it's definitely um, appreciative to the community as we learn, like, not having to do all the research ourselves, but put our trust into, you know, people in our community, like like Click Pop Away and yourself, and uh, make sure that we are educated um, all the way through from childhood to, you know, even at the highest level, the right. expert level, you can always right. um, keep your, you know, education and, and training up. You can, you can, you can never stop learning. And I like to call it the Sesame Street of firearms. So it's like, you got to start from A to B to C to Z. And that should be for everyone. You can't just get a firearm and go straight to being a special secret service you know, all American shooter. You have to start at the beginning and that goes from the adults to the children, to the to the grandparents, you know, to the teenagers. We have to start from, you know, ground zero with educating ourselves. And then once you obtain the knowledge, the best thing you can do is share that knowledge with your community. We do not need anymore and let me repeat this we do not need any more accidents leading to death when it comes to firearms due to pure ignorance that is is, is too much information out there to understand that we should never have these things occur in our homes we should never have these things occur in our community and i believe simply by educating the community, you will decrease firearm accidents, incidents, and deaths by a large percentage just by killing curiosity. That's great. So curiosity definitely killed the cat, and it's killing a lot of our community, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No it is definitely killing our community. All right, Cliff, we're going to wrap it up. Again, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. We're going to check you out at ClickPop2A on Instagram. We'll be waiting for your YouTube content. And I, I look forward to, to learning more about um, 2A and uh, firearms. I, I'm going to dig up some questions. So I'm going to be careful, like be aware. I'm coming to ask. I got like three questions already at the top of my mind. I'm coming for you. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you again for providing this platform to get this information out to the communities and to the people. It is much needed that we have these discussions at our dinner tables. So therefore that our kids are not hearing this information outside in a rap song with their peers. And they should really understand from home base 
what a firearm is. And that is even if you do not have a firearm in the home, the education should still be present. Agreed. All right, Cliff, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Continue the great work that you do. I love the podcast. I love the fact that you are targeting men and giving them an outlet to express themselves. Kudos to you and everything that you have going on now and in the future. Peace Thank and you. blessings. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of our episode. Black Men Matter, Season 2, The Second Amendment and What It Means to You. We, of course, say thank you to Cliff for coming back and sharing his passion and his knowledge for gun education and tips, no tricks, for all the things that we need to know about the Second Amendment and how to protect ourselves, our families, and our communities. As always, You cannot pour from an empty cup, so make sure that cup is full before you do anything. Y'all have a good one, and I'll talk to you next week.